Auckland's in a tangle, and it's not just here at 8am on the downtown crisscross of motorways known as Spaghetti Junction. These cars are making their way in from the four cities and three districts that make up the region. Badly organised government said to be putting a handbrake on progress, and Auckland's sluggish transport network is just one symptom. Auckland City's Mayor John Banks is in the mood for change. Back for a second term as Mayor, the former local government minister says he knows his stuff and Auckland's not looking good. Auckland is moribund. Auckland is the anchor that's holding back the ship New Zealand. And until we get Auckland's governance issues fixed once and for all, then this country will never get back to the top half of the OECD. His council has put forward the most radical proposal yet to the Royal Commission of Inquiry on Auckland governance. Under the plan, which is still being debated, every existing council and community board would be scrapped and replaced with one council and one Lord Mayor. Mr Banks says Auckland's problem is simple. Right now there are just too many people running the show. Seven territorial local authorities, seven mayors, seven bureaucracies, 6,000 bureaucrats, 323 elected members, six water utilities, six different district schemes and district plans, a convoluted morass of red tape, and nothing seems to happen. Auckland's made up of four distinctly different cities, each with its own mayor, North Shore, Waitakere, Monaco and Auckland City. Added to the mix are the mayors and councillors of the region's three district councils and the partly rural Rodney, Papakura and Franklin. Under the Auckland City proposal, they'd all go. There would be one city, and chances are it'd be run out of the Auckland CBD. Of course, uh, this country doesn't have a future unless Auckland starts working. Uh, This city, this region, is letting the country down, and it needs to be fixed. And it will all start from here at the Town Hall, on Queen Street, in Auckland. But not everyone's keen on the idea of being swallowed up into a super city. And from the seaside balcony of his Takapuna office, the North Shore Mayor Andrew Williams asks, if there was one, why should it be centred in Auckland City? Compared to this, where we're looking out on the Hauraki Gulf, where we can see half of the region from this uh, particular office uh, block, and where we see the, you know, the beauty of the environment of the Auckland region out this, out this uh, window and off this deck, this would be the natural hub if you had to have a hub, rather than being uh, in the middle of some tarmac concrete you know, boring area of Upper Queen Street. But what if the side? Andrew Williams is vehemently against a super city. He says he's no Aucklander and he never wants to be one. When I go to the South Island and people say, where are you from? I don't say I'm from Auckland, I say I'm from North Shore. When you mention in the South Island you're from Auckland, they look at you aghast and say, oh, what a terrible place with crime and, you know, shocking place to live and blah, blah, blah. When I mention I'm from North Shore, people in the South Island say, oh, that's a lovely place. We hear that's a, a great place. Heart of the city, Natalie speaking. <laughs> I'll pop you through, hold on. Heart of the city represents downtown Auckland businesses. Its head, Alex Sweeney's right behind the creation of a super city and holds quite a different view about how Aucklanders see themselves. Well, I do what I call the transit lounge test here, and it's say to Andrew Williams, the mayor up there in North Shore, as I say to Bob Harvey, it's Sadeline Brown in the south in Manukau, I say, if you're sitting in a 
in, in the transit lounge at, say, Los Angeles Airport, and someone asks, oh, so where are you from? And do you say you're from that wonderful eco-city called Waitakere, or do you say you're from North Shore? I'm, I'm sure they don't. They say they're from Auckland. So if, they think, if they're saying that, why don't they start behave like, behaving like Aucklanders? So what do Greater Aucklanders call themselves? These people on the streets of Waitakere and North Shore cities were of little help in settling the debate. Where are you Westies? What can I ask you? If you're in another part of the country, yeah. people ask you where you're from, what do you say? West Auckland. <laughs> and you? Auckland. North Shore, Auckland. And so you, you wouldn't just say Auckland? No, I'd say North Shore. I'm North Shore and Auckland. What do you say? I'm from Takapuna. Oh, definitely proud to be from Auckland. Where are you from? Uh, West. West is the best. When people ask you and you're in another part of the country where you're from, what do you say? So it's from Auckland. And what you get the mesh. <laughs> <laughs> if the super city plan goes ahead, everyone between Northland and Waikato will officially be an Aucklander. There'll be no splitting hairs. Back on the streets, they know what that will mean. There is a perceived Auckland image here. <laughs> and what is it? Um, that we're arrogant up ourselves, Jeffers. <laughs> well, flashy, drinking coffee, driving a four-wheel drive. Yeah, yuppies driving four-wheel drive vehicles that, that never get muddy and things. Uh, they hate us. I think they're just jealous about the way that we play fantastic rugby. And North Shore Mayor Andrew Williams doesn't want to be tarred with the Auckland brush either. And we're a laid-back city. We're not into all the pompous pretense that happens on the south side of the bridge. We, you know, I hate reading Metro magazine these days because all they show is pretentious people going to pompous parties um, talking about central Auckland issues. This is about lifestyle on the North Shore. It's about bringing up young families. The issue of identity and a sort of city sovereignty rears its head again and again in the debate. Andrew Williams says he doesn't want other areas of the region watering down what's good about his city. For one thing, the North Shore has the lowest crime rate of all the cities in the country. So we've got something very proud to stand by over here. We've got standards, and we set high standards over here. And uh, the people of the shore, I believe, uh, are, are raising the bar in terms of, of community standards, and we certainly don't want to be dumbed down uh, by uh, other entities within, within Auckland who would see us sitting in some big melting pot of some megapolis. But Manukau Mayor Len Brown's got a different take on that. His largely working class area is one of the fastest growing in the country and is an expanding base for industry. We've got a basically an economic powerhouse operating out here with the airport and the motorway and railway as, as its hub. Uh, and uh, it's hugely dynamic, this place. I reckon Auckland would hold us back. Auckland's Mayor John Banks says the cities have to put aside their differences and look instead at their similarities. When the Royal Commission was announced, we saw the smoke signals from Waitakere suggesting one proposition. We heard the bongo drums coming across adjacent from the Harbour Bridge to the Town Hall on Queen Street, Auckland, singing another proposition from the North Shore City Council. And of course, everyone has a view on these things, and I respect that. I respect Monaco City's view, Waitakere, North Shore, Rodney, Franklin. I respect their views. But there will be no change unless we're brave. The time is well overdue. The Auckland City's proposed super city plan is certainly radical. Here on the summit of One Tree Hill, the view extends across all of Auckland's cities. It's a flat, sprawling scene broken only by the odd volcanic cone or a high-rise. 
borders aren't really apparent from here, and indeed under the Auckland City Plan, all of this would be one city. The proposal would not only abolish the regional, district and city councils, but would wipe out the community boards below them. Instead of separate councils, there'd be council committees dedicated to each area, north, south, central and west. Each area would elect a so-called mayor, but their role would be largely ceremonial. They'd sit on the council under the Lord Mayor, who would be the sole spokesperson for Auckland. Effectively, they'd be glorified committee chairs. In short, the plan would slash the number of elected representatives from more than 260 to just 26, all of them on the new Greater Auckland Council. One Auckland City councillor who doesn't back the plan is Cathy Casey. And I'm horrified because it's directly challenging the democratic process whereby you as a, as a ratepayer of Auckland has access to elected members because it's taking the elected member further and further away from, from the community. I serve as an Eden Albert councillor along with two colleagues and a community board. In the future, if you live in the Eden Albert ward, which will be the electorate ward, the MPs ward, um, you will have no community board and you will have one councillor for the whole of 65,000 people. So how, I, I, you'd have to go some way to convince me that that's in the best interests of community development and the communities in Auckland. Indeed, each councillor under the Auckland City Plan would represent about 60,000 voters. John Banks says that's nothing compared to some councils in bigger cities around the world. But Manuko's Len Brown worries that those who need the most from their councils will be forgotten. He's the mayor of a city with high rates of poverty and crime. He says he and his fellow councillors live and work in the area and know the local problems and challenges. I just would be really concerned that that sort of focus would be lost. And I've got to say to you, um, over recent months I've sort of um, been approached by business interests and in particular who are, who are most keen on this change for a single entity and have left them with the thought, so who's going to look after my community? And the silence, whenever I drop that into the middle of a discussion, is deafening. Differences aside, nearly everyone agrees that something needs to be done. Rodney Mayor Penny Webster heads the region's most northern district, a largely rural area. She says her council is continually frustrated by the number of organisations it needs to get approval from or consult with for any major project. From her office in the beach town of Orewa, she uses an official diagram to explain. Right, now, I mean, that's the current Auckland governance, so you can see all the bits and pieces that go there. And we're looking at a very complicated flowchart, aren't we, with lines? Absolutely. And... We call it the spider web. <laughs> it looks like a spider web, doesn't it? And that's only for transport. You imagine having that for everything else. I mean, you imagine how many different companies there are for other things. Her map is for transport alone. But if you look at even just transport governance in Auckland, you've got all the territorial authorities, you've got the ARC, you've got ARTA, you've got the Regional Land Transport Committee, you've got the other Land Transport Committee, you've got the ferries, you've got the buses, you've got the rail. I mean, it's a mishmash. I mean, that shouldn't be happening. Why is it we can all go to Brisbane, you know, whenever we go to Brisbane or Queensland, and they've built a road just like that? Here it takes ages, and the costs are just huge, and it's just it's that whole consenting process, the cons and that's what we should be looking at, how to get those services better. 
And it's not just roads and railways that are frustrating Aucklanders and their decision makers. It's more expensive to have a bath in Auckland cities than in any others in the country. Every council here manages water differently, even though they get it from the same supplier. Some use user pays while others incorporate it into rates. John Banks says it's a perfect example of the region's governance woes. We have across Greater Auckland six water retailers. All of those water retailers buy the water for exactly the same price from the water wholesaler, Watercare, and they all sell them for different prices to their consumers. That is why it is five times more expensive to have a bath in Auckland than it is in Christchurch. Therein lies the challenge. Perhaps the most high-profile clash of Auckland's many governing organisations came 18 months ago when the government proposed a brand-new national stadium for the downtown waterfront. It was stumping up the cash. Auckland just had to say yes or no. It seemed so simple until the different governing bodies weighed in. The heart of the city's Alex Sweeney has his take on it. The problem was Auckland City, it agreed, but it was having to push back against the ports. The ports weren't supporting them. And then we had the regional council. Now, they are the owner of the ports of Auckland, and it didn't want its feathers being ruffled down there. So, once again, we've got all these different vested interests working against it. And the government, who doesn't want to upset Auckland because of the electoral might of Auckland, a third of the population lives here, said, this is too hard. Let's go with the easiest option. The chair of the Royal Commission, retired Judge Peter Salmon, has to keep an open mind about what should be done to fix Auckland. But he sees how the stadium issue illustrates the region's problems. Certainly the impression I have now, uh, as a result of having uh, learned a little more about uh, governance, is that uh, had Auckland been able to speak with one voice on an issue of such moment, some of the arguments and uh, unease that existed at the time would not have occurred. And I think that a resolution uh, would have been achieved that uh, would have enabled the uh, progression of the stadium issue much more quickly than in fact happened. But is a super city the best way to sort out Auckland's problems? Rodney's Mayor Penny Webster is in fact advocating just the opposite. She wants to abolish the regional council and give more power to each individual city or district council. Whenever we've tried to do anything, whenever we worked through the stories that are important, the one thing that has often blocked us from doing what we want to do is the ARC, and we feel there's a lot of duplication there. I can give you case studies of things that we've that, that are happening. And just a simple one, for example, is we have been trying to get permission or from the ARC to clear out some of our streams which are clogging up. We need to go through the resource consent to get those, and our officers have found it very, very difficult to get through that and Mrs Webster wants the government to hand over some of its responsibilities too. She'd like it to empower local authorities more when it comes to decisions about infrastructure and roading and give them the funding to do it. Penny Webster says if a super city did come to pass, the biggest losers would be the smaller district councils. I know how hard it is now to get things done in Auckland uh, for us. Just imagine if we were a super city... Everything would be central metro 
and we're not metro. We're not metro. On the south side of Auckland City, Monaco's Mayor Len Brown has a different idea again. He says there should perhaps be fewer councils, maybe three, and he wants more powers given to the regional council, with the idea it can have a greater say on transport and infrastructure projects essential to the whole region. I do not think one city uh, can appropriately deal with the issues of representation and or um, funding efficiencies. Um, my view is if you have a massive bureaucracy and, and, and council and then a whole range of community boards, there are a few options that will happen here and that is that that council will have its focus on the CBD. Uh, we have got some particular challenges in our community that I think we are confronting with and dealing with very well right now. But I cannot think that a single entity in the middle of the Auckland region uh, is going to be able to usefully really deal with some of those challenges. The chairman of the Auckland Regional Council, Mike Lee, knows the government system in the region is flawed. He says his ratepayers regularly tell him exactly how. They complain government is too removed from the people, that it's too expensive and that there are too many agencies making each decision. I agree with those criticisms, which is probably why they've lodged in my memory, but no system of government is perfect, but I do believe that it is timely to take a very long, hard look at the structures of local government in Auckland and see if we can come up with something better. Mike Lee says Auckland is on the threshold of great opportunity but also faces great challenges. There are the mega infrastructural challenges and opportunities like electrification, completing State Highway 20, crossings of the Manukau Harbour, the Waitemata Harbour, very important big picture stuff. And then we have people who are genuinely frightened about the affordability of their rates planning for the years ahead, especially in their retirement. And people worried and frightened by petty crime and graffiti and so on. Mr Lee says the trick is to balance both the grand schemes and the welfare of the population. Auckland University academic Paul Rouse sees a different kind of balancing act at work. In 2005, he researched the effects of the 1989 amalgamation of Auckland's many borough councils into the current structure. He says creating a large single council and axing the many smaller councils may not necessarily be more efficient. These smaller units of government's a bit like the old Andy Griffiths show where you have the small town the people go along and complain to the mayor because they've got a pothole outside their house. And, of course, with small units, the efficiency arises because of that more direct accountability, you know, the shortening of the communication lines. When you get larger organisations, then you get more barriers in the way of this accountability. And I think Mrs Jones, with her broken footpath or something other like that, is going to struggle. And Paul Rouse says even if the council was more efficient on paper, it could come at the cost of jobs and good government. The larger the organisation, then the more distant it becomes from ratepayers and the more difficult it becomes to um, gauge this effectiveness criterion. So it's all very well being efficient, but it's no point being efficient if you're ineffective. 
that's just one of the many challenges the Royal Commission will be grappling with in its decision. Indeed, with so many different opinions and ideas on how Auckland should be run, the Commission has a huge task ahead of it. But it's one the government sees as essential. It wants to make Auckland a super city of a different kind, a world-class city with enough economic clout to take the rest of the country with it. And the Prime Minister, Helen Clark, says that could also help attract expat Kiwis back to New Zealand shores. The key thing to me is that Auckland can hold its head up as a well-run metropolis with a fantastic lifestyle uh, and minimising its issues and problems and able to hold its head up alongside Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth. Uh, We have to be seen as a superb city. A Royal Commission of Inquiries only called to deal with matters of great national importance. It has a few more powers than a straight Commission of Inquiry, is politically neutral and independent of government. The last one investigated whether to allow genetic modification in New Zealand, while another recommended the adoption of MMP for the country's electoral system. The Royal Commission Chair Peter Salmon says he and fellow Commissioners David Shand and Dame Margaret Baisley are under no illusions about the work they have to do by December the 1st, the deadline for completing the report. Uh, what we do is going to affect not just Auckland but the whole of New Zealand. It's a, it's a large task. It's a task that we approach conscious of how important it is. The Commission's seeking submissions from the public and all interested parties. It says it wants to know what Aucklanders from all walks of life want from their city. Peter Salmon says he knows the super city idea has captured the public's imagination, but the Commission has an open mind about what the solution to the region's problems may be. I think the single biggest challenge is to ensure that in respect of those matters where Auckland needs to speak with one voice, It truly does. Auckland City Councillor Cathy Casey is against her council's plan to reform Auckland and she spies a hidden agenda. There's a cynical part of me thinks, you know, I wonder why John Banks came back, you know, and he's kept a very low profile, he's not engaging in debate and he seems to be very very carefully scripted these days and not making no mistakes. There's a cynical part of me that he's back to become the Lord Mayor of Auckland and have his Auckland Parliament. And that's all I have to say, you know, and if people want that, then it will happen, and if people don't want it, to actually make it known that they prefer another way of doing. As for Mr Banks, he's coy about whether he wants to add Lord Mayor to the posts of Councillor, Mayor and Cabinet Minister he's occupied in his 30-year political career. Um, as the member for Tauranga would say in years gone by, I'm just happy to be the member for Tauranga. So I'm very privileged to be uh, sitting here in Queen Street at the Town Hall in Auckland City. And uh, it's going to be uh, a great privilege for the first Lord Mayor of Greater Auckland if that is going to be the role. But it's not about roles. It's not about being the Lord Mayor. It's not about me. It's about New Zealand. Are we going to have a serious economic contribution to the OECD or are we going to continue to slide towards the third world? That is the decision we have to take. As the local politicking continues, most in Parliament are understood to be behind the need for Auckland reform. The Royal Commission's findings will not be binding, but they will carry a lot of clout. 
Aucklanders have until April the 22nd to contact the Commission with their view for the region. Then the hard part begins.